Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. On this episode of Big Boys Don't Cry, we discuss the film The Mask of Zorro. You don't have to have seen the film to enjoy the podcast, but if you do listen without having seen the film, just be aware that there may be spoilers. Enjoy. Hello. Hello. I appreciate your background again. That is a very nice raccoon. It's a, a beautiful trash panda. <laughs> I've taught my son to say trash panda, which my wife is not very happy about. Well, I think it's an important thing for a child to learn how to say, personally. Yeah. They're beautiful animals that are underappreciated by people and by the animal kingdom as well, I'd venture to say. Yeah, they're not... Um, I think they're quite cute. I don't think they're... Uh... They're certainly better than a badger, aren't they? Yeah, badgers look like they'd knock your block off. No, they they probably would. Yeah. Super, super powered little creatures, old badgers. What has a badger ever done for you? Nothing. (laughs) Exactly. Was there a fun cartoon when we were kids called The Badgers? No, there was not. Fun fact for you, did you know that Wolverine, the X-Man, his original name was going to be The Badger? (laughs) No, uh, this is this is an actual true fact. Um, he was going to be called the Badger because uh, honey badgers are violent creatures, but not the honey badger because that sounds quite, that sounds badass, doesn't it? Well, the honey that, badger. If you the honey badger sounds like someone who you wouldn't want looking after your drink in a club, to be honest, doesn't it? Yeah, just call me the honey badger. Yeah, yeah. You, you go and have a dance, mate. Go on, hit hit the dance floor. I'll hold it. Yeah, it'll be I, fine. I'll just stand right here. <laughs> yeah, if, if someone comes up to you and says, people call me the honey badger, you'd probably say, I don't want to know you, and I don't want to call you that. Please leave me alone before I call the police. Or if he just came up, that that was his opening line. Hi, yeah, they call yeah. me the honey badger. Yeah, no, you don't, uh, yeah, you don't do that. Not good. What if he's in a badger, like a badger onesie? I mean, that's, that's potentially worse. Yeah, I don't know. Because at least he's owning it, if that's the case. Yeah, but... I don't know if that's something you want to own, do you? Yeah. Um, yeah, so Wolverine, I think they chose the right name, personally, rather than Badger. Have you ever seen a Wolverine in real life? No, I have not. They're actually quite small and sort of angry looking. They had one at Whipsnade Zoo, which we went to last week, but um, couldn't see it. It was hiding in the bushes. Because they are from North America, aren't they? Wolverines. Yep. Um, They're actually kind of like a like a sort of angry raccoon. <laughs> raccoon who woke up on the wrong side of the bed. Um, Basically, yeah. Yeah, they... Um, yeah, I've, I've never seen one. Um, I don't think I've ever seen one in a zoo. Um, they're, uh, yeah, they're one of those small, angry creatures, aren't they? Like a, like a Tasmanian devil as well. They're surprisingly exactly. small, but furious. A lot of stuff in popular culture is based on small, angry creatures, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. Um, and you know, that is what Wolverine was meant to be the X-Man as well. He's meant to be quite small. You don't see it with Hugh Jackman in the movie. I was going to say before Hugh Jackman ruined it. <laughs> By being good and putting in a fantastic performance as, as Wolverine, but he should have been shorter. Should have got a short king in there. 
Yeah. Someone like who's a who's a short actor? There aren't that many, are there? No, there's actually an awful lot of short actors. Adam Sandler. <laughs> um Tom Cruise <laughs> is notoriously short. Oh yes, that's right. Um, yeah. No, there there's quite a lot of short actors actually. There's more than you think. Um often you don't see it because they use camera angles to make the men look taller. Yeah, and sometimes you look at it and you can tell you, you you have to look, but you can tell from the perspective that one of them they're supposed to be side by side, but one of them's actually sort of walking in front of the other and craning his neck and standing on the back of the best boy. Yep, um. Danny, da- Danny DeVito. He's not tall, is he? <laughs> is he a short no, king? He is. He is the king of the shorts. He's a he's a short god. A short god. Yeah. No. He's uh, he's uh, he's phenomenal. Yeah, just out of shot, he's actually standing on two wolverines while they walk along. Yeah, exactly, exactly. So, um, a, a few, a few short people just to call out. Um, so Dave Franco is five foot seven, apparently. Yeah. Um, as is Jesse Eisenberg as well. Um, would not have thought that. Yeah. So, um, yeah, you've, you've got a. There's quite a lot of 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 short actors. Because um, Jesse Eisenberg's quite lean, isn't he? Which can give the the illusion of being yes, tall. Yes, yeah. Uh, Martin Freeman is apparently five foot six. That I can believe. Um, James McAvoy as well. Sure. Al Pacino is five foot seven. Mm. Sean Penn is five foot eight. Uh, notorious dickhead, Sean Penn. Um, <laughs> is he? Is he a notorious he, dickhead? He beat up Madonna. He's a bad man. Oh, that's yeah. right. Yeah, shit. Um, and then I oh, was—I was thinking of Sean Bean. I always get those two <laughs> no, Sean Bean is a is a true, true. He's a true good man, gentleman. although he is in a very irritating advert for Yorkshire tea at the moment. Oh, well, when those adverts where you watch it, you go, Sean Bean, you don't need this. <laughs> he just loves Yorkshire tea. Maybe he does. Yeah, he was—he was born in Sheffield, wasn't he? I think so. Yeah, he's definitely from Yorkshire. So, so know, it's, it's appropriate. It's in the, it's in the but, blood. It's in the blood that he's got to support Yorkshire tea. Yeah. It's not as bad as Robert De Niro in the Warburton's thing. <laughs> I mean, what they should... We all know that the best advert is Dunkachino. Yeah, e- um, exactly. Yeah. But, Nothing will ever top but, that, so all the actors should just stop doing adverts. But speaking of, speaking of Robert De Niro, you think of him as being this very imposing, tall figure, but he's also only five foot nine. Um, all right. Even I would be taller than um, a lot of these, these big actors. Um, you can tell that though in Midnight Run, can't you? Because Charles Grodin is was a very tall man. I mean, Charles, Charles Grodin was at least seven foot five, wasn't he? Yep. Um, <laughs> Famously had that basketball career before he started doing films. They had to find an exceptionally tall um, dog, didn't they, for, for Beethoven? <laughs> yeah, it was, it was Digby, the biggest dog in the world. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Um, but uh, let's find a nice segue here. Um, well, it, you could just be like, "Oh well, how tall is Anthony Hopkins?" or something like that. <laughs> literally, but, you know. that's literally what I was typing in. So, Anthony Hopkins, um, one point seven five meters. What's that in feet? I don't so, know. Why is it in meters? Five foot nine, apparently. Five foot nine. Okay, that's not not big, is it? No, no. Um, what about Antonio Banderas? Antonio Banderas, surely taller. Surely taller. Uh, no, five foot nine as well. Hmm. They're all short. We could never be actors, Paddy. We're too tall. No, clearly. There's no there's no room for guys like us in Hollywood. 
Did you ever act, by the way? We'll get we'll get onto the Mask of Zorro. But yeah, so I've done some acting um, back at school. Were you in like school plays and stuff? Yeah, yeah. So I was in the Crucible, mm. um, where I played the real bastard man, the the wrongen, um, <laughs> the wrongen, <laughs> evil the evil guy. The, yeah, the 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 proper proper bad boy. Um, I played. Um, and then did a few other things. I I did drama up to GCSE level, and actually my teachers were disappointed when I didn't do it further than that. But hmm. um, but yeah, I, uh, I I wasn't I enjoyed it, but I didn't want to pursue it that much further. Um, for reference, by the way, Catherine Zeta Jones, uh, five foot seven, so only right. a little bit shorter than than the two two lads, two Zorro lads. They're all in the same ballpark, then, aren't they? Yeah, yeah. Um, so in case you, you haven't guessed by now, um, we're talking about The Mask of Zorro. Yeah, which film stars those three is like your trivia. <laughs> <laughs> it's not The Legend of Zorro, which of course is on Netflix. And this isn't, of course. This used to be on Netflix. I don't Did know it? when they took it off. Yeah. Every film we watch is in the category of the only place you can get it is two forty nine to rent in standard definition on Amazon Prime. That's that is our jam. We should just change our name to Big Boys Watch Films That Cost Two Forty Nine on Amazon Prime. <laughs> so yeah, that's what we should do. Um, so so Zorro, iconic historic character. Um, you know, go, going back to the forties, isn't it, Zorro? It's earlier than that. It's like 1912 or something. Is it 1912? Yeah. Wow. Um, so, Very yeah. cool. 1919. So, 1919 for, um, for for Zorro, the very iconic swashbuckling hero. Um, dons a hat, has a cape, has a mask, has a sword. Um, basically, he's got one up on Batman, doesn't he? Batman doesn't have a sword. No. He just flies around being sad. Boring. <laughs> he doesn't even fly, does he? He's got a cape, but he don't fly. He just oh, yeah, he just jumps. He jump, <laughs> just <laughs> jumps and flaps his arms, pretending to be a bat. They say jump, and he says hi. How high? <laughs> your brain dead. Yeah. <laughs> got, got a, a fucking Batman, Batman in, in your head. head. <laughs> <laughs> no, um, I love Zorro. I think Zorro is a great character. He's potentially underused. I mean, there's this. This film was probably the peak of Zorro, wasn't it? There's lots of quite old media. Um, featuring Zorro but I don't know I what I'm saying is I think the time is is nigh for a 2D Zorro platforming game in the in the retro style <laughs> exactly and he even uses <clears> a whip <throat> in a couple of scenes in the mask of Zorro you could probably use the engine of Castlevania and just like put a mask and a hat on him you could but I'd also rather have a proper game for normal people instead of a I, I know you've been playing all of these old Castlevania games that were enjoyed by three people back in 1997, but I'd, I'd quite like a proper game with him. Um, so, so the kind of background for the mask of Zorro is obviously Zorro was very big throughout various different times in history, but there'd been this lull where Zorro hadn't been really, really covered. Um, but then, yeah, the mask of Zorro appears um, <clears throat> as this, as this sort of, revitalization i suppose of the character um which which i think is 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 interesting that they decided to bring him back but it it did kind of fit with the time frame as well um because it it came at an era where lots of these classic stories were coming back so you had um the three musketeers back in yeah. i think it was 1992 1993 
um, the uh, the Charlie Sheen. I think it's t- Charlie Sheen. Is it Charlie Sheen? Um, Three Musketeers. 1993, you're correct. Hold on. It's um, it's him and Kiefer Sutherland and the fella that I can never remember the name of. Chris O'Donnell. Um, <laughs> no, not Chris O'Donnell. He's D'Artagnan. No, is he D'Artagnan? He's in it. I can't remember. I don't, I don't know if I've <clears throat> seen this in about 25 years. Yeah, Chris O'Donnell's D'Artagnan. Uh, Oliver Platt as Paul oh, that That's who yeah. I'm thinking of. Oliver Platt is, is great. Um, but yeah, so that came out, I think it was, yeah, 1990, was it 1993, 1992? 93. Um, and, and it was sort of interesting that there'd been this, um, this, uh, this, this reimagining of, of this, this, uh, this old story. Um, equally you had, um, movies that also pulled back old characters so you had um the phantom which i don't know if you've seen no so the phantom was made in 1996 with billy zane and actually Catherine zeta jones as well um and it's um a callback to this very early comic hero uh from the 30s called the phantom um and it was again this kind of retro revival of this classic character the phantom bombed quite spectacularly um, which is unfortunate because it's quite fun and had a bit more originality and ingenuity than um, than uh, sort of what you get from modern superhero movies. Back in the back in the days when they didn't quite have that template for a superhero film, they did quite a lot of weird stuff, and, and that's an example of it. Yeah. Um, and then you also had the Rocketeer, who again was a '30s character that came back in the '90s for a movie that bombed. But there was this kind of this this retro renaissance for these characters in the in the um, in the 90s and and that's kind of the framework for where the mask of zorro came from um and uh and and yeah i think it's a really fun action movie i i I think it's got this really strong romantic sexy vibe all the way through i mean how can it not with antonio banderas in it let's be honest yeah um but it, it it kind of it sits in this really interesting place where it's it's a fun bombastic but also very dramatic and high stakes adventure movie with you know quite adult themes of of betrayal and death where death feels very genuine and horrible in this movie yeah. which it doesn't in in a lot of the movies that followed um so this kind of set the template that i think would then go on to to cause movies like the Pirates of the Caribbean films, where there was this, mm-hmm. hey, let's make a fun swashbuckling adventure movie with 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 quip based dialogue between characters. Um, but the, this the film of a ride, <laughs> yeah, the film of a ride. You gotta love Disney; they never run out of ideas. Um, <laughs> it, but yeah, it's it's but it, it 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 set the template almost for what what these kind of family friendly ish action movies would be for the next few decades but equally you could watch this with your mum and dad couldn't you you could yeah there's a little bit where he slashes at Catherine zeta jones with his sword and her top falls off but you don't even like you don't see anything 
No, the, the top just falls off. It's a bit of titillation. They have um, a they have a kiss. They have a nice smooch, but that that's it. There's no nudity. There's no profanity. You know. No, no, but there, but there's still a lot of stakes and drama and tension. Um, so much so that I'd say that this this movie is a hell of a lot better than action movies that you get these days and and these kind of adventure films that you get nowadays. It, it's got a lot more depth and emotional impact. Do you think that's because it's a, a swashbuckler specifically? Do you think those sit better than action films in general or because there are sort of fewer of them because it's a slightly more specific subgenre if it is? Oh, I don't know because if you look at the Arnold Schwarzenegger movies of the 90s like Terminator 2 um, or Total Recall, they also have a lot of scope and a lot of um depth to them and tension and drama and and complexity i think it's more that these kind of movies got dumbed down after pirates of the caribbean oh yes i think you're right so you're you're talking you're taking a historical view but i think it's it's the right thing to do yeah i i think that um disney commodified this kind of movie and then tried to do it several times and failed several times until they eventually came up with the marvel cinematic universe and just kept churning out money um, and that's that's basically where these movies have ended up now. Um, so Pirates of the Caribbean, the, the first one, The Curse of the Black Pearl, that was 2003. Yes, yeah. yeah. So slipping um, in just b- before that was The Count of Monte Cristo, which I quite liked. Mm-hmm. And The Man in the Iron Mask. Man in the Iron Mask as well, fits into that same framework. Yeah. Um, and then obviously you had the follow-up movies that tried to copy the success of... Um, Pirates of the Caribbean. So you had movies like um, Prince John, of Persia, The Sands Prince of Time. Of, Prince of Persia. You had uh, John Carter on Mars that they really should have called something else. No one, no one knows John who John Carter. Carter is. Wasn't that some failed character as well? Well, no, he wasn't. He wasn't a failed character. John Carter. John Carter was a very prominent um, early sci-fi hero. Right. Um, okay. From from way back when. But it's based on some old guff that no one cares about. Well, yeah, it's, it's based on these these very early. Um, uh, when was John Carter written? Um, so yes, yeah, Edgar Rice Burroughs' characters from from the nineteen uh, tens. Right, um, and then that all leads up to Jonathan Depp and Armand Hammer tipping about <laughs> on on a fake planet. And I'm sorry, what? It's John, them, isn't it? No, you're thinking of the Lone Ranger movie with them in. Oh, so it is, yeah. Um, Who's John, in the John Carter one, then? John Carter, I think, is is no one you you recognise. Oh, that's a shame. Um, I don't know why I confused those those two films. <laughs> I think because the both... Lone Ranger is also based on some bullshit character that no one cares about. <laughs> Lone Probably. Ranger, I think people care more about. <laughs> I think you, you, you've got too used to playing Castlevania games and watching Sesame Street, which I think is what that's all you do. This is true. Now, My brain it? is rotted. Yeah. Um, Cookie Monster's foodie truck. <laughs> so, yeah, the Lone, the Lone Ranger obviously also has a very prominent place in pop culture. Um, but yeah, John Carter starred uh, Taylor Kitsch. Oh, um, yes. Who was in a few few bits and pieces here and there. Um but um, but yeah, this was a big a big bomb. Unfortunately, apart from that, you know, it didn't really have many. It, it had you know Samantha Morton, who's good. It had Mark Strong, Kieran Hines, uh, Dominic West, and James Purfoy. If you wanted two right. people who look exactly the same, <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. Um, but um, Dominic but yeah, West it, is he a short king? Dominic I think West. He might be, I think let's, he's short. Let's find out 
how tall Dominic West is. <laughs> You're one of those guys who looks short but is actually tall. 1.83 metres. So I don't know what that is, but that so sounds that, taller that's than... that's about six foot. Yeah. I think. Oh, man. So you were completely I'm like off. 1.95, I you, think. You were completely off. I'm about the same height as Dominic West. I'm six foot as well. Nice. So could I take Dominic West in a fight? That's the question. Um, depends which film he's doing. Oh, I was thinking... Dominic West and real, The Wire, he'd I, have you. I, I was thinking real-life Dominic West as opposed to... Oh, I see. Right. But again, I'm not sure. He's wiry, isn't he? He's 51. To him. He's 51. But you know? these days, that's not an age, is it, 51? No. That's basically a prime these days. Um, so, yeah, I don't know. I, I don't. I, I think it would be tough. I'd have to be smart about it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Could you beat him in a, a swashbuckling sword fight, do you reckon? How, how do you rate your sword I combat? could do an R on his chest and then his shirt could fall off, couldn't it? And then he'd feel <laughs> yeah. really awkward. He did and then play, he'd run away. He played Lara Croft's dad in Tomb Raider <laughs> in 2018. I reckon I could beat up Lara Croft's dad. <laughs> yeah, but then Lara Croft would come for you. You'd be in really big trouble. Yeah, that's true. But as a one-on-one fight. She's I got think. guns and stuff. <laughs> she does have guns and stuff. I mean, her 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 dad's still a. Did you watch Tomb Raider twenty eighteen? No, I never did. No. It's pretty good. It's pretty good. Um, it's um, yeah, it's it's a pretty good movie. But yeah, it, her dad is an adventurer as well, right? Um, so uh, yeah, it's um, he's he's not he's not a pushover, but I reckon I could take him. I reckon yeah. I could take Laura Croft's dad. I reckon I could have him in a sword fight for sure. <laughs> did you know I used to fence? <laughs> Did you use defense at school? Yeah. So, how was the sword play in in uh, in uh, Mask of Zorro? Then oh, it was excellent, top notch, ten out of ten. But also, stage combat is not the same as real combat. Um, and I've also did a little bit of training in stage combat at university when I appeared in the play The Ordinary Princess. I don't know if you remember this. I this do not play. remember this. No. I played. <clears throat> it's a sort of a, a little known but sort of cult classic children's play and book. I think about a princess who, yeah, is ordinary, as the name suggests. She's ordinary looking. That's the whole joke. I played the. I played the king, so the princess's dad, and I had a sword fight, um, and it was awesome. It was one of the best things I've ever done on stage. Um, and did you know Mark? He he was kind of a pirate guy who was around at university. Um, and anyway, he trained me in stage combat. Um, and it was really, really cool. So a lot of it is it's more about giving the effect of sword fighting than actually sword fighting. You're not trying to actually kill someone. But there was a bit where the guy opposing me swung his sword round at my legs and I had to jump as the sword went under. And like it was a sharp sword, it would have done some damage if I didn't get out of the way. Um, so it was a lot of fun. But yeah, it's more about actually you're sort of clacking the sword on the other person's sword to make it look like you're fighting when actually in a real sword fight you'd just be trying to stab him. Yes, yeah. I imagine that the the, the end goal of of doing swordplay in a movie is not to kill the other person. <laughs> if it is, Antonio Banderas has got a lot of kills. He's looking he, good. He does, yeah. And, and Antonio Banderas, I think, you know, he's the perfect casting for this movie, isn't he? Yeah. Um, obviously, you know, th- this is going back a while back into the 90s. This movie came out in 1998. Um, but by this point, you had some great movies that he'd been in. You had Desperado. Um, He's 61 years old, but he way. is. Yes, I yeah. still think of him as yeah as a young swashbuckling gentleman thief. See, I for for me, there's two eras of Antonio Banderas. There's 
bearded man with dog from um, Ruby Sparks. Oh yeah, <laughs> and then the swashbuckler, <laughs> and those are the two. Those are the two. Um, and Antonio Banderas eras. Um, but you know, he he's done some great actiony movies over the over the years. He, you know, Assassins is a really good. That's a Sylvester Stallone um, action film um, from from the mid nineties. Him and uh, him and Sylvester Stallone are rival assassins, and they get into a, a, a tussle. Um, of course, he's also in Interview with the Vampire, yeah, uh, which is a, a phenomenal movie, brilliant, and he's fantastic in that as as a as a brilliant um, a, a brilliant vampire in in Paris. Um, and of course, uh, the most you know uh, complex and and dangerous and thought provoking movie of the lot, Spy Kids. Yeah, no, no, I thought you were going to go with um, Puss in Boots. <laughs> Puss in Boots, the yeah, Shrek exactly. spin-off film that everyone wanted. <laughs> I mean, to be fair, he's the best thing about the Shrek movies that he's in, as as Puss in Boots. Yeah, I think that character's not even in the first one. No, no, it's it's only in the second, isn't it? Um, that he comes in and then just immediately immediately dominates. Um, but but you know, he's been in some some great stuff over the years. But his performance here as as Zorro two is is fantastic um young zorro so so yeah so this movie it does kind of it 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 kind of adds the context of zorro already being a legend much in the same way that the audience going into the film would already have this contextual idea of who zorro is which i think was a really clever way of showing him off as being this this um this famous figure already in in the era that the movie's being done. So um so uh although Antonio Banderas is our main Zorro in this movie, um in fact the original Zorro was played by Anthony uh Hopkins. Um, you still get old old Zorro who has not aged in twenty years when it's twenty years later he's just grown his hair a bit. <laughs> but that's to say that in the old Zorro he he was fifty years old and you could tell even though he had like a one year old daughter. <laughs> Well, yeah, but this is in the days before they did horrible, creepy CGI to make people look younger that never really works. Oh, yeah. So you just put a wig on them. Yeah, give them some facial hair. Yeah. And a mask. (laughs) Exactly. Um, So so I think that's quite interesting. And I think as as a framing mechanic, it works incredibly well because not only does it allow you to get into this idea of this myth and this this myth this legendary figure but it also allows them to do an origin story without it being an origin story so you've got all of antonio banderas's training as zorro you've got his motivation him becoming this figure but at the same time zorro already exists in this universe and that's a really clever way of doing it and I think it's something that modern movies could learn a bit about when oh, it comes God. to redoing yet another origin story, which we're all, you, you know, that um, in about 10 years time or maybe 20 years time, probably 10 years time, we're going to get another Iron Man movie with a new Iron Man. And it's oh, going to be another Iron Man origin story. And we're going to get a Captain America movie with a new Captain America. And it's going to be another origin story. And we're going to get another Batman, and they're going to put in an origin story. I mean, we're getting a Batman next year anyway. Are we? Yeah. Um, Rob Pattinson is 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 the titular oh, really? Batman. Yeah. Quite like him. Yeah, so it might be interesting. It looks as though it's going down a sort of uh, darker route, more towards the Tim Burton-esque ones, which could be quite interesting. Okay. 
um, a bit different from Zack Snyder's big CGI bloat fests that we've had <laughs> recently. The Snyder Fest. The Snyder Fest. Um, Restore the Snyderverse is the new one, isn't it? That they is it? They're calling, yeah, because they this? want. So they've got the Snyder Cut back now. Release the Snyder Cut, and they're still not happy. They're still not happy. Who are these because... people? <laughs> Zack Snyder's mum and dad, and that's it. Clearly, well. Because they made a Suicide Squad movie back in 2016. That was a bad film. Sorry for anyone listening who thought it was good. It's not. It's not It's not very good at all. But some of that may well have down, been down to, to studio interference. Right. Um, the director has claimed that the movie that came out, uh, David Ayer is the director, who's done some very good stuff. Um, the, the, the Suicide Squad film notwithstanding um, he's claimed that there was a lot of interference and that the movie's not really his film so the people who did Snyder Cut have said we've got to bring back the Snyderverse let's let's do a big old reshoot of Suicide Squad as well okay. ignoring the fact that they literally just had a fantastic Suicide Squad movie that came out this year um, they all hate that film by the way they despise it because they think it's ruining Zack Snyder's vision by having a different movie that's slightly more tongue-in-cheek um so they they despise it and the fact that it's had issues at the box office because of covid they're reveling in and going see they don't want this movie they want a re a reshooting of a movie that bombed back in 2016 yeah. give them that um it's well, they, they literally want to get the same cast back together to reshoot it yeah, well, yeah, just recut it and then bring people back in to reshoot bits if they need to, like they did with with uh, Justice League. This is is this like those Star Wars people who want to remake the Last Jedi themselves? It's like yes, that, isn't it? but uh, DC have listened to them more than <laughs> Disney did. To yeah. I mean, D- Disney listened very much to the idiots who didn't like the. They uh, they the still Last pandered Jedi. to those idiots when they, they, they when they decided that and, Palpatine had sex. And, and yeah. <laughs> ruined the entirety of the Star Wars story in the process by making the entirety of the original trilogy redundant because Palpatine survived. Uh, still not over it. Still not over the fact that they made Darth Vader's sacrifice completely pointless. By I know. Every so often we did a I whole episode remember. on this. Yeah, go back and listen to that if you haven't. Every so often I still remember and it still makes me annoyed. It's like, you listen to these fucking idiots and ruined a story nine movies in the making in the process come to um, me on exegol <laughs> palpatine has returned somehow that's literally the point. how it doesn't matter it doesn't matter how uh, what matters is he's here and he's got a giant crane wheeling him around and he's got and a million of those big ships where there was you know where there was one and it was half the film to destroy it in the original trilogy well now there's like ten thousand of them there's how do you like that yeah, there's a that's what you want you hogs who who built them? Nobody knows, but who cares? Just watch them fly around because the Empire's cool, yeah? You love the Empire, don't you? They're cool, they're fashy. Fashy people are cool, yeah? Um. <laughs> but I love that films like The Mask of Zorro, kind of swash, swash, straightforward swashbucklers, are a million miles away from all that crap, aren't they? Yeah, yeah. It's a completely, completely different attitude where they, they wanted to tell a, a fun, standalone movie... And it works incredibly well. And, you know, there was a sequel, as you mentioned. We've got The Legend of Zorro, which I've never seen, actually. I've never watched it. I've not seen it either. Um, I don't think it did very well. Um, so it, it did okay from the looks of it. It made back double its uh, budget. Um, and uh, it has Rufus Sewell in it, perennial bad guy. Oh, okay. Um, 
So at least they managed to get the original, well, two of the original cast members. It's hard to get everyone else back because they're all spoiler alert dead. (laughs) 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 Might might be a bit tricky. Um, But yeah, I I don't think it did that well with critics, did it? But I think it made made a fair amount of money. Um, Yeah, which which is fair enough. you know though that they made a crossover comic with Django Unchained no off the back of uh, the legend of zorro so in zorro Unchained. 2015 Django Zorro um written by Quentin Tarantino apparently they're making a movie of it as well i was going to say there hasn't been a zorro movie in a while there's got to be something coming up but i'm disappointed that it's that so it might be it might be Django Unchained meets uh, meets Zorro, maybe. I'm not how I'm not sure how I feel about that. I I, I quite like Django Unchained. I think it's a fun film, um, but I want my Zorro movies to be about Zorro. Yeah, of course. You don't need to mess around with it. You don't need to try and do anything different. Even even if you were to make one now, like it'd be fine to basically just tell the same story, wouldn't it? <laughs> I know <laughs> yeah, that's a I bit mean, you like could, you could you could. You could you could do it do it slightly different, but I think you know a story of a of a hero who actually, you know, looks out for the downtrodden in 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 the way that Zorro does. It's all about looking after the people at the lowest rungs of society. It's yeah. very very class conscious Zorro, and it always has been. And I think telling a story like that these days would be quite fun because you'd really annoy all the people who hated the Last Jedi. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, where they go, this is social justice. Why have they made Zorro woke? Oh, those people, Hashtag yeah. <laughs> the Woke S- Brigade have come for Zorro. SJW I look- <laughs> Zorro. I look forward to reading a column in The Spectator about how the Woke Brigade have come for Zorro and there's nothing safe anymore. <laughs> <laughs> exactly, exactly. That, and that's 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 precisely what would happen if they made a Zorro movie these days. Um, and I'm here for it. I really hope they do. Um, because, yeah, he is a he's a hero who, who looks out for the downtrodden, which is what heroes should do, rather than you know, fighting monsters in space. And the opening scene of this film gets that across perfectly, doesn't it? Yeah, There's the two kids and they're waiting for Zorro to show up and then he does. And then um, the course of the movie, obviously, is is all about how uh, Antonio Banderas' revenge is really uh, not a good reason to become a hero. And by the end of the movie, he has realised that the role of a hero is much more about helping those who need help and ignoring your own sort of personal whims, um, which again is, is, yeah. is a really, it's a really important message for a movie like this. He wants to kill the awesome. man who killed his brother, which is, there's yeah. always in a swashbuckler, you need to have that, which obviously in next week's film, we will get onto with the, you know, you killed my father, prepare to die. That's always got to be in there somewhere, but he has to leave that to go and save all the people from the mine, which is perfect. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And, and you know, that, that's what you want from a hero. And I think that's something that movies often these days have forgotten about as well is 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 the support for the the downtrodden and things often get too wrapped up in convoluted plots. And Star Wars is a perfect example of that because, you know, at the end of The Last Jedi, you've got that great shot where the kid with the broom yeah. is, is watching and it's all about... And they yeah, did so nothing with that! It was but so I, I, annoying. I, I was I like, think... the whole next film's going to be about that kid. He's going to come. He's going to save everyone. It's going to be awesome. <laughs> Nothing. <laughs> I don't think they needed... I, I think that sent enough of a message in its own right that 
these people are a symbol for the downtrodden and they support they they save the downtrodden the downtrodden look to them as a as a symbol of hope and a symbol of protection perfect end it there bing bang bong but then the 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 movie after that completely ignores all of that stuff about the the resistance movement being being there for the people and it gets all wrapped up in individual uh powers of individual people and how space eugenics is great um and then you look you look for instance at the marvel movies and they've all completely lost track of uh of 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 looking out for the little people um you know it's fair to say that the the first iron man wasn't even about that um but things i've never seen an iron man it's it's good but but i have seen a man iron and that (laughs) man is me in the (laughs) mirror um but yeah they often often movies forget about if you want people to be a hero you need to show them being a hero um and this movie does that does it perfectly yeah and it gives you that idea of zorro as well as the characters as well it introduces it perfectly even if you know nothing about zorro and you don't have that context i think you could watch this in the opening scene and you're like yep he's the hero the people need bang yeah you you perfectly understand exactly who Zorro is through this movie. It's a movie that recognised its source material and understood perfectly how to represent it. Um, so yeah, you can't you can't fault it from that regard. This is a great movie. Um, and some of that, of course, comes from di- the, from the direction. Um, you know, this was directed by Martin Campbell, who did some excellent action movies um, back in sort of that era. So you're looking at, um, at Goldeneye, Oh right! Uh, a few years before, I hadn't um, made the that connection. Was, that was the movie that he did before *Mask of Zorro and *Goldeneye*. Is you know you've got the Bronholm, you've got Pierce Brosnan. Yeah. Um, but the action scenes in *Goldeneye* are brilliant. Yeah. And the action scenes in *The Mask of Zorro* are brilliant as well. And obviously, and a good action scene isn't just about the director, but you can feel it, can't you? Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Um, he also did *Vertical Limit*, which I don't know. Have you ever seen *Vertical Limit*? No. Um, it's amazing. Um, basically people get trapped on a mountain so some different mountaineers climb up the mountain with massive canisters of explosives <laughs> to try and clear them and of course things explode it's got uh bill paxton in it and, and chris o'donnell right um it's a really fun stupid mountain movie um but you know he he's done some he's done some great stuff he did casino royale as well he came back for that yeah um Unfortunately, he did the Green Lantern movie in 2011 and things didn't, since then, things haven't really, he he hasn't had another sort of big film since then, um, which Green Lantern was a, was a, a major flop. Um, was based it? On the, yeah, it did incredibly poorly um, with, with, with both audiences and, and, and critics. Um but um, but yeah. Apart from that, you know, he's got he's got a movie coming out. I think it's this year, maybe next year, with Liam Neeson and, and Monica Bellucci in. Oh, um, okay. Which I'd be interested to see. But his recent stuff has been a bit more hit and miss. Um, in fact, uh, no, that I think that's the movie he's working on at the moment. A movie came out this year with Michael Keaton, Maggie Q, and Samuel L. Jackson. All right. Interesting. I might have to see if I can track that down. Um, I've not heard of this, but yeah, he's a he's a, he's an interesting director who knows how to make tense action scenes and how. To and his first film was called The Sex Thief. <laughs> what is The Sex Thief about? 
I don't know, it's from 1973. The Sex Thief is a 1973 British sex comedy film. That doesn't surprise me. Um, An inspector and an insurance investigator both have a major stake in revealing the identity of an audacious jewel thief. All right. Interesting. I mean, not really interesting, but... (laughs) Um, But yeah, that's a a fascinating place to start. And I suppose that's... You missed out that the insurance investigator is trained in Kung Fu. (laughs) I mean, that's the the most important thing, isn't it? Um, (laughs) if If you're trained in Kung Fu... What else would you do than be an insurance investigator? Yeah, makes sense. Um, but yeah, he's he's a, he's an interesting director. He's done some really great. I'd, I'd consider some of his movies the best action movies we've had from the eras that they've been in. So, Goldeneye and Mask of Zorro are fantastic. Casino Royale yeah. is, is is that a is that a, a Bond you've seen? Yeah, yeah, I really like that one. Yeah, um, yeah, it's it's really great. You know, Eva Green in it is it's is wonderful as well. I had that very good Chris Cornell song on it. Yep. James Bond, you're a James Bond and you shoot people. You're a James Bond. That's how it went, right? Yep. Da 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 da. You're a James Bond. <laughs> um, but since we are a, a, a romance <laughs> podcast, I think we probably better talk about the romance in this movie. And did you feel yeah. the Catherine Zeta-Jones, Antonio Banderas romance? Absolutely, yeah. And that's the thing. The other thing about swashbucklers as well is they always have romance in it, and it's always good. It rarely feels tacked on, doesn't it? Even though it is often kind of jokey, it still feels like a major part of the of the action, doesn't it? And it, it's, they always manage to blend romance and action well which makes for i think a lot of fun. Yeah, 100%. And and if you look at movies like um like Desperado, uh like um the the follow-up Once Upon a Time in Mexico, those that the 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 swashbuckler and the romance are intrinsically intrinsically linked, you know. Um you need to have that that romantic titillation and that emotional connection between the characters to really make it make it play off um and that and that's something that to be honest you know we we talked about um the pirates of the caribbean movies and the first pirates of the caribbean movie has that really well where you've got that kind of romantic subplot running through it but as time went on that dropped off and i think it's no surprise that the the Pirates of the Caribbean movies got progressively worse as, yeah. as they lost that element. I don't even really like the first one. I find it very tedious. That's because you have no heart. You're or just, I don't uh, want to watch a film based on a ride with Jonathan Depp saying <laughs> quips every two minutes. <laughs> you say that, but you love Disney. I th- generally, yeah, most of the time. I, I think Pirates of the Caribbean one is great. It's got zombie pirate ghosts. It's got Led by Jeffrey Rush. <laughs> Led by Jeffrey Rush, fresh off teaching the king how to speak. Yep. Um, and it's got pirates. <laughs> He'll never play the Dane, but he will play the zombie ghost. <laughs> and 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 pirates are great, and not enough movies use pirates. So yeah, that that I will I will agree with. Pirates of the Caribbean is brilliant. Have you have you ever seen the series Black Sails? No, is that no? I'm thinking of something else. What's Black Sails? So Black Sails is a a pseudo see a pseudo prequel to treasure island so it's all about uh captain flint um okay before the events of treasure island so it's way back in time um about sort of like 20 years before and it's a wonderful little 
pirate series um with toby stevens oh man who plays plays captain flint and it's it's oh it's so good he's great really really good um so yeah if you want some pirate stuff highly recommend black sails it's very very good didn't wear out its welcome i think it made it to was it four series in the end four seasons um and then they're like yeah this is a this is a good time to end it um so so yeah that recommendation (laughs) (laughs) recommendation for pirate lovers in our audience black sails is very good there's got to be a few of you yeah yeah and and if you like pirates you'll love mask of zorro yeah the same kind of swashbuckling energy doesn't it yeah, definitely. But I, I prefer it when it's not at sea, I've realised after watching this film. I mean, it's hard to swashbuckle at sea very well. You've got to, generally, you've got to be on an island if you're a pirate and swashbuckling. Yeah. It's not very easy to swashbuckle when you're on a yeah, boat. Yeah, seasick. Not, not, not a lot of room to, to, to buckle that swash. No. There's plenty of room in Mexico, isn't there? There is, yeah. Or in uh, Alta California, yes, I should say. Yes, yeah um but it's uh yeah it, uh, and and it's really well set isn't it i think it you get a real vibe from this movie yeah um as well it feels very i guess visceral is the right word for it absolutely and i think the score is a big part of that as well i love the score of this film mm. it's it has the that perfect um mariachi vibe you know it's but while still being sort of epic and cinematic i think it it handles that side of it really well and there are loads of shots where it's sort of like doing that that kind of real swish with the music while he's just like rearing his horse up against the moon or something and you're like yes this is what i'm watching this film for yes yeah 100 percent um it's 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 Oh, it's it's incredibly well crafted, isn't it? And I think that's something that yeah is a big reason why this movie did so well. And and they, I think they they shot it on location in in Mexico. They found the right locations and the right settings. They didn't, I think, do try to do too much with it. Mm-hmm. It didn't at any point feel the need to tell you <clears throat> we're in Mexico in eighteen twelve or when whatever. It just did it, didn't it? Yeah, yeah. It's just this is where we are throw you in and get you to just immediately recognize the 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 situation yeah because i think that's a problem as you say with the the kinds of the films and action films in general that follow they feel the need to just kind of really hammer home all those points don't they and this film actually focuses on action and on character over those things and that's why it's better than every film that came afterwards (laughs) this is why this is the 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 true high point of cinema throughout history cinema peaked in 1998 yeah with this film and to be honest with you i kind of agree with that this is a real gem and i think it's a shame that it's not really been remembered as much as it should have been um because oh this is such a good film it's it's genuinely great and this brought me so much joy this week yeah and and it had been a little while since i'd watched it um i saw it come (coughs) up on netflix when it first appeared and i watched it then um but then i hadn't watched it again since then so it's probably been a couple of years um and Oh, it's it's a refreshing movie and no matter how many times you watch it there's still something to enjoy and it doesn't feel old does it it doesn't feel dated for a film from 1998 i'd say no no not at all and and a lot of that is down to the way that the the special effects feel very grounded realistic um they didn't try they didn't try and do too much and you know good good cinematic or stage combat is timeless yeah, one hundred percent. You know, you can you can chuck however many things at a green screen, and eventually it will look dated. Yeah. But if you have two people with real fake swords fighting in a real desert, 
clacking them together and going, (laughs) and then stabbing one of the bad guys in the ass. Exactly. That really made me chuckle. It's in the 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 opening sequence when he's all the baddies are around him when he's in the kind of hanging thing. He stabs one of them in the ass and it makes a sort of squelching sound. It's great. It's, yeah. the, the sound effects are really good, don't they? Like I don't know if you noticed that. We pay much attention to it, but it's something I noticed a lot. A lot of the stu- the sound effects that have been sort of dubbed in for the action were all sort of Hitchcockian weird sounds, and I really love that as well. Yeah, the the sound design is is fantastic, and it's got that kind of um, you know old school adventure feel to it from from like TV serials, doesn't it? It's got that very outlandish feel, and it it works incredibly well. Yeah, um, it's it's not overdone, but it just gives it that little hint of of exuberance that that really works. Exuberance. That's that's the kind of intellectual word for goof, isn't it? Goof factor. <laughs> yeah, the goof factor is 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 here, um, and uh, and and works. Um, yeah. <laughs> right. Is it? Is it? And he gets else? to he gets to fire a massive cannon indoors because why not? Oh, why wouldn't you if you had the chance? Yeah. And and you get to ride a lot of horses, lots of horses. Yeah, yeah. He steals a horse and then he's reprimanded for it, which is good. So there's there's the kind of his character arc as well is great because he he kind of falls into being a hero and then Anthony Hopkins is trying to teach him and then he's like, Zorro's back. I'm riding a cannon. I've stolen a horse." And Anthony Hopkins is like, "What are you doing?" I love that kind of that moment of his character arc. It's it's the 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 recognition that it's more than just the sword play that makes Zorro and and you know once again you know a movie that didn't understand the character wouldn't be able to carry off that arc as well as this film does yeah and then you got the what's his name Captain Love Captain Love with <laughs> he looks the worst like Johnny hair Flynn. in the world yeah <laughs> it'd be Johnny Flynn if they were making that film now yeah if it? they okay casting decisions for Zorro 2021 yeah who would you who would you have in Zorro 2021. Interesting. Are we allowed to have white people playing um, Latin act, uh, Latin characters now? Probably not. That's the only thing about this movie that's potentially problematic, even though I don't think it matters with the film from 1998. But it's yeah, like, well, I mean, they are Spanish. Yeah. Rather than... I think, I think if you're playing someone from Mexico, you want people from Central America, don't you? Or Latin America. Yeah. Playing those roles. If it is someone from... Uh, from from Spain, you can probably get away with it. Right, yeah. Hold, hold on a second, I've just seen something horrifying. Oh no. I, I don't know... Was it the naked man-ass in um, the scene where they like humiliate the robbers and tie them up in the bushes? <laughs> I enjoyed that scene as well. There's a movie being made by the writer... Do you remember Gravity? The one with Sandra Bullock Sa- in Sandra space. Bullock in space. Yeah. So that was written by someone called Jonas Cuaron, who is the, I think, the brother of... Um, of Alfonso Cuaron. Of Alfonso yeah. Cuaron, who directed it. Um, he's making <laughs> a a sci-fi apocalyptic Zorro movie. What? Yeah. Um, okay, well then called, that film exists. Called Zed. It's done. Called, called Zed. Um, Who's in it? Gail Garcia Bernal. Oh, is going to play Zorro. Um, I'm down with that. So, I mean, I don't know how I feel about... I don't know how I feel about post-apocalyptic Zorro. I think that's decent casting. Um, but, yeah, I'm not... 
I'm not too sure about sci-fi sci-fi Zorro in general. I'll reserve my judgment. I think that sounds great. I don't know. I don't know. I wanted a Zorro, a classic Zorro. Um, well, the thing is, the Mask of Zorro exists. It's true. We we already have that movie, don't we? It's only a few. You know, I'm I'm greedy. I want more. And we part of the reason we always talk about like remaking stuff and whatever is not because we necessarily want it to happen, but because it's like that's what happens now because of capitalism and stuff. So it's just we're just stuck in that mode, aren't we? But really, with a film like this, you don't need to remake it because it's perfect, and it actually holds up perfectly. I mean, it it does. You don't need to touch this movie at all. It's um, it, it's perfectly done. Like you said, the only yeah. thing is, if there's people from from central america they should probably be played by people from central america rather than yeah you, you could pay some people. attention to that um <laughs> if you were if you were remaking it you could you could get that right but but i think you could even get away with casting anthony hopkins as someone from spain i mean let's yeah. be honest it's spain <clears throat> it's basically wales <laughs> well Catherine zeta jones is welsh yeah um, and actually her, her accent was a little bit dodgy but it doesn't matter does it, it? but it, again it all adds into the goof factor doesn't it yeah, um, and my, one of the goofiest things that I love is that the the blonde villain man gets crushed under a pile of gold. <laughs> yeah, I mean that's what you want. That's the kind of heavy-handed um, iconography that you want from these kind of films, isn't it? Is do you get the metaphor? Is this metaphor as heavy as the giant pile of gold? Yeah. Um, so <laughs> I just wanted to mention as well that the plot is uh, the the script is very sharp. Um, You've got yep. you've got that great scene where Zorro is 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 pretending to be the father in the confessional booth, yeah. Um, and 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 Catherine Zeta Jones's character Elena says, "I dishonoured my father," and Zorro goes, "Oh, that's not so bad. Maybe your father deserved it," um, which is great. <laughs> yeah. um, so, and he has some like withering put downs for Captain Love as well when yes. he's pretending to be a noble and he's dancing with them. Um, the lady Elena, and he says, "He says we're trying to dance here." And then he says, "You were trying to dance." She was succeeding. <laughs> That's so, a mic drop moment. So, if they'd had yeah. microphones in Alta California in eighteen twelve, he would have dropped it. Yes, yeah, exactly, exactly. And and Anthony Hopkins does a great Yoda, doesn't he? In yeah, the, sort of the t- the teaching him, you know, do not do not use your hate. You 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 don't let your hate control you you become you know controlling of your emotions and controlling of of yourself because there's greater things than revenge that whole kind of message is very very yoda-esque and he also he's cheeky like original yoda you've got the whole thing where he's like using him as a footstool whilst he does press-ups and things like that and he gets his revenge as well so every box gets ticked yeah we get all the revenge in the end but it's all not just for revenge but for saving the people in the mine yeah the hot dog mine (laughs) hot dog mine so i've got a little bit a little bit of trivia cool cool um so you know the bit where the sun glints on the blade when he's fighting captain love yeah Uh, that wasn't added in in post that wasn't cgi that was antonio banderas tilting the sword to catch the sun because he's legend um he also antonio banderas he wanted to perform as many stunts that he could in this movie to make it feel authentic um which again is great and uh the sword trainer of this movie uh man called bob anderson he also trained errol flynn but he said that antonio banderas was the most gifted swordsman uh that he'd worked with since flynn wow 
um he and uh antonio banderas you know he took this very seriously he trained with the spanish olympic team for four months um in 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 sword play so you know that's he's, cool he he really put a lot into this performance and i think it shows in the in the um in in the final in the final movie um uh raul julia was meant to play don diego de la vega but he died before he could take the role Oh. Which I think he would have been great as well, you know, a fantastic yeah. actor. Um uh it's a it's a role that Sean Connery turned down. Um What a fool. Too busy going off to be in that awful comic book adaptation. Oh, The League of Extraordinary a, Gentlemen. Yeah, that was around that time, wasn't it? That was, that was a bit later than that, I thought. Oh no, you're right. That's it was like in early two thousand three. Yeah. He was too busy going off to be a creepy old man with Catherine Zeta Jones in entrapment oh, yeah. ten years later. <laughs> that's, that's a, a movie we could film. talk about we yeah. could talk about entrapment it's got a lot um, of lasers <laughs> yeah lots of lasers um in terms of who else could have been cast instead of Catherine zeta jones um you've got shakira uh, ah, okay um robert rodriguez who was originally on to direct um but refused to back down on making it incredibly violent and r-rated <laughs> um so so left the production he wanted salma hayek to play elena Okay. Um, as well, and Penelope Cruz was also considered for Elena. Uh, so you, could have had a, you know, all of them would have been. Well, I'm not sure about Shakira, yeah. but, but has Shakira ever acted? I think she has. Hasn't she been has in a she? bunch of stuff? She well, she did the voice of the gazelle in Zootopia, um, which was very good. I'm sure you've seen that, obviously, because you've I seen actually, every Disney one. I actually have not seen the zoo films the zoo film. it's zootopia in one market like and what zootropolis in another and i can't remember which so it looks as though all she's been in is shakira videos <laughs> and then zoo uh, and then uh zootropolis and an episode of a show called el oasis which is some oasis? kind of tv series from 1994 oh okay well, maybe she saw this film and was like, thought it was so good that she was so disappointed that she wasn't in it that she decided never to act again until Zootopia. I think I think that makes perfect sense. Um, but yeah, I could I could certainly see Penelope Cruz or Salma Hayek in in this as well. But I I I think Catherine Zeta Jones is great in this. I've got no problem with her at all being in this movie. I think this is a perfect film. It, yeah. Not perfect, but it's for what it sets out to do. I don't think it could have necessarily done it that much better than yeah, it does. Yeah, it's not like a, a like a groundbreaking watershed moment in cinema, but it is it is brilliant and enjoyable and fun and everything that you want when you watch a film. It gives you fun and romance and laughter and it's really engaging and all of those things. So in a way it is perfect. Yeah. No, yeah, I'd agree. So, um have you got anything else you'd like to say or shall we move on to scoring this bad boy? Yeah, let's let's score it. Um, so how many cuts do you put in someone's shirt before it falls off? Let's see. I'm going to give, I'm going to make 17 cuts out of 20 on that shirt. There's not much of that shirt left. No, there's not. (laughs) I'm going to agree though. I think 17 is good. I feel like I've got to mark it down a bit because romance is a big part of this, but it's not quintessentially romantic in the same way that our next movie is no it's still secondary to swords clacking and men going ah but there's enough story in there that it all hangs together really well yeah so i think yeah i think 17 is fair so um so what do we have next 
Well, we're sticking with the swashbuckle theme. We're we're hitting up the Princess Bride, which is one we talked about before, haven't we? I think it has been requested as well. So good to get around to that. Yeah, no, I'm excited to watch it again. It's been a little while. Um, Although I was tempted to diverge because have you heard there's a new Cinderella that's out this week? Oh, it's the f- one with that fucking knobhead in, isn't it? <laughs> James Corden. Yeah. As a rat. As a he's always a rat. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but it's a, it's a musical, and there's a gender-neutral fairy godparent. Um, I'm really selling I mean, it I, to you. I'm I'm glad there's that kind of representation, but equally, I genuinely don't give a shit. <laughs> about another fucking Cinderella movie. Um, but you actually Kim- liked yeah. that uh, Disney one that we did on the show that was boring. It was, yeah, I liked it. It was different. Pierce Brosnan's the king in it. There you go. I still don't want to watch it. It's oh, got no, two we're not. We're not going to diverge from our swashbuckle plan, but I want that one to be in our future. It's It's got people that I like in it. I'm looking through the cast now. You've got Pierce Brosnan, Mini Driver, James Acaster, uh, Ramesh Ranganathan as well. Yeah. But the comedians um, all just play the like mouse footmen, so hopefully there's only like five minutes of Corden. You just know that he's he's gonna just be there and just steal each scene by just shouting the loudest and falling over though. Yeah, it's all he does. And there's gonna be a joke about his weight. I'm fat now. I'm the fat <laughs> mouse footman. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't. I don't appreciate James Corden. No, me neither. Did you, did you like Gavin and Stacey though? No. See, I I think that is a good show. That's that is an enjoyable show and had real heart. But it's just a shame that everything he's else he's ever done has been objectionable. I liked Rob Brydon and I've forgotten her name, but the Welsh uh, woman, uh, Ruth Jones. Ruth Jones, very very funny. She yeah, well, her and she and James Corden wrote it together. So I think the good probably is her influence. <laughs> I like them, but I don't like the show in general. I find it very boring. Um, and also remember that reportedly James Corden is anti-union. Yeah. Um, pushing for lower pay for writers on TV shows. Yep. Um, he's he's a bit of a dickhead. So that's just evil. So, <laughs> you know, I'm, lots of people have claimed that. There seems to be reports of him turning up to, to meetings to to basically push that. Um, so yeah, I'm not, I'm, I'm not keen on him. And I think him being a rat in this movie, is probably the easiest role he's ever played because he is one. (laughs) (laughs) Couldn't have, couldn't have put it better. (laughs) And on that note, (laughs) see you all next week. (laughs) Yeah. So anyway, I just wanted to let you know that that's in, that's in our future. But it's Swashbuckle Month. I think we've started it on a really, really good note. And it's perhaps even only going to get better with The Princess Bride next week. So we invite you to come on this swashbuckling journey with us. And we thank you for joining. You can find us on Twitter at Big Boys Don't Pod. You can email us bigboysdon'tcrypodcast at gmail.com. Always love to hear from you. There's a link in our show notes where you can give us money and keep buckling those swashes. Yes, yeah, keep keep fighting the good fight against tyrannical rulers. Yeah. Put that's on your masks, what, get your swords, cut up people's clothes. Yeah, we very much endorse all of those things on this show. <laughs> <laughs> all right, we'll be back next week to talk about the Princess Bride. Alrighty, bye-bye. Bye bye. Bye.